0: I want to set my weenie free in between the giant titties of Path Girl. Aww. Path Girl. Is that That soothing? Yes,
1: that was very soothing. Thank you. I could use a weenie between my tits. Yes, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Well, I've been staring at your boobs for like the last 12 hours.
1: Oh, we, sh- we should clarify that I sent some pictures that Boogie's eventually going to do some magic on the perverted podcast web page. Why are you yeah. feeling
0: insecure on that? Why can't I just look <laughs> at your titties? Why can't I just be like, hey, here's some big titties. I'm going to look <laughs> at them.
1: They're not even the full titties. It's just my cleavage. It's not cleavage even, Cleavage you is know.
0: good enough. Hey, you know what? I've been looking <laughs> at porn and titties for a long time path girl. Mm -hmm. Like I would say that my mind has absorbed possibly hundreds of thousands of titties. (laughs) So literally I could see like a square inch, like some flesh and a mole. And I could literally in my mind construct an entire octopus where every tentacle is a fucking tit. That's terrifying. (laughs) But amazing!
1: It's so a, amazing!
0: A octopus with tentacles. Tentacles? Tentacles! Titicles. Titticles? Titticles. <laughs> <A> titicle. oh. <laughs> dear yeah. God! Lad. Captain Nemo! God damn it! That <laughs> octopus has tentacles. <laughs> well, that would explain why every sailor has jumped oh. off the damn boat. <laughs> Could you just imagine this giant squid with all these tentacles and all these sailors are like, no, 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 let's just go to it. No, all the seamen have jumped off the boat. (laughs) Now the ocean's filled with semen. Tentacles. Yes,
1: folks, this is what you signed up for. This is hit like (laughs) and subscribe
0: now. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite
2: lame? Perverted like yes. Scared that your desires might be strange? Perverted like yes. Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted like yes.
0: And welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human, very disturbed mind.
1: Yes, recording on Zencaster from the West Coast to the East Coast, I'm Path Girl.
0: (laughs) I am Count Boogie. And yes, Path Girl, I was uh, doing artwork. I turned you into a giraffe. I (gasps) made you into a giraffe. So you have a very long, seductive neck, and then... The cap, whatever those two horny things are uh, on top of the giraffe's head. <laughs> you have those now. Kind of like so Shrek, I'm... except cuter. <laughs> oh, the, so, I'm a, the, so I'm a
1: horny giraffe. All right. I can that's do that. that's I can do that. it.
0: Well, I made me as a gorilla. It's the... Oh, I'm that making, fits perfect. <laughs> I made the new YouTube banner for Perverted Podcast. <gasps> I'm just putting our gorilla and giraffe Serengeti energy together but not too close because you know we have to keep kind of plutonic because you are in a relationship now yes so all of my fantasies of your titties pretty much are (laughs) east coast to west coast
1: but see if you would have came to north carolina you could have came to the dungeon and seen my titties in action but that was your loss
0: i'm not a strip club kind of guy
1: i'm not talking about a strip club i'm talking about in the dungeon jesus no
0: i no you don't you oh Oh daft woman. Uh, no. Da- oh. st- <laughs> <laughs> Shut okay. up men are talking. No. <laughs> men are talking. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, strip club mentality no. is you can look but you can't touch and uh, I am I am okay. not about that. Like I am not going to pay someone 25 50 bucks to rub against me get me aroused and then be like, thanks for the money, asshole. Um, and, and some people are really into that tease and edging and stuff like that. And so obviously mm-hmm. strip clubs are great for that. I like watching um, women at the stage. Uh-huh. Like I go to the stage and I'll flip some dollars out there or whatever, you know, uh, but I just, you know, I like to watch the dance and whatever, but I don't, I no, I'm just not, I'm not really into the, the tease. If I get turned on, I want to fuck it.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. But see, as a woman going into a strip club, I mean, you guys have all those restrictions on you can't touch, you can't move your hands or whatever. There used to be one strip club I used to go to by my old place that it was like a little hole in the wall and lap dances were literally $10. And like every time a woman wanted a a lap dance, the dancer would ask, hey, can I play with you? And they would kiss on you and rub their tits all over you and rub their pussy in your face. And it it was fucking heaven. And of course, the guys are going nuts going... Oh, shit. You know, so it's like for us girls, it's a, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> Path Girl, I am not a rich man, but I have 10 bucks. Yeah. Right here.
1: The place is still there. Let's go. <laughs>
0: 10 bucks. It's literally all in the But once again, I, I'm cursed with ween, so so I would just once to begin going, oh, yay, lucky Path Girl. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yay, you. I really am an uh, envious piece of shit when I'm not getting laid. I really am. I get all butt hurt, and I'm like, "Well, good for you." I mean, I'm kind of happy yeah. for you, but then I'm, I, I'm a dude. I'm just butt hurt.
1: I was about to say, if it's any compensation, I didn't get laid this weekend either. So Donis had to back out on me Friday night because he's got a cold or something, and he didn't want to give it to me. So, yeah, I've been, I've been dickless for the weekend. I did, um, w- from when the last time we recorded, I actually went to a kinky friendsgiving party where it was like dinner and a play party so i got to watch some good scenes going on there and got some good dick that night but that was about two weeks ago so yeah i've been dickless for two dickless. weeks i know you've been
0: <laughs> are you are you not remembering shower curtain sex shower
1: curtain
0: yeah oh yeah that's true i didn't even think you're about that. like I dude that two bucks at walmart get a shower curtain yeah. and say hey come over, here. come over here and then just literally see because he's not overly like You and I, that's just what you would see that if you walked into a bedroom and saw your partner wrapped in a shower curtain with a hole cut in it. You and I would be like, oh, very clever. But to someone who hasn't been around a lot, that may be like, "What, what? And then you're like, oh, well, you know, like zombie apocalypse sex. Yeah. You know that you're infected and I'm not infected. And and so we can fuck. But, you know.
1: Damn it. Why didn't I think of that? Fuck.
0: Just Ah. path girl. We don't talk enough. We just don't. We don't. We don't communicate enough because that would have been the first thing I would have said is shower curtain sex, Mm -hmm. which I did with Mew. We did. Oh, do it once. I still remember that
1: gorgeous picture. We had those pictures and it was
0: very effective. And uh, nobody got sick. So uh, I don't remember which one of us was sick, but. um, No,
1: I think it was Mew was just trying to make sure it was the beginning of the pandemic that since she was so heavily exposed to COVID, I think she was just worried about if she was possibly uh, not showing symptoms, giving something to you or getting something from you. So uh, I I don't think either one of you were sick. I think it was just prevention. Uh, But hey, neither one of you got sick anyway.
0: (laughs) Fucking Mm busting out with our own clever, kinky PPEs. (laughs) Desperate times. God damn it! I'm now. I'm just thinking of your tits. That uh, what?
1: You have pictures of them right there. You can actually look at them and go, oh ah. No, I can't. <laughs>
0: Doing a show because oh, right, I mean, right. how how great would that be? But I I'm mean, like, yeah oh, we're gonna have a great conversation. Blah 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 blah. blah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I used to do that when we had the Love Lab. I really had to force myself because, like, mm-hmm. girls would be, like, you know, hooks up their asses and all sorts of stuff. And I would just be like, oh, yeah, trying not to be creepy, but I'm totally creepy.
2: <laughs> no, not you. That night helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic on on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For
1: your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we discuss in this show has specifically granted us permission to do so. So today, uh, we have a post from Cosmo Polite, gave us permission, thank you so much, uh, for her post called Good Person Complex. It's actually a quote from uh, another uh, consent educator, intimacy coordinator named Mia Schachter, so she gave credit to that person. If your sense of self and your worth is wrapped up in your understanding of yourself as a good person... Then when you violate consent or push a boundary, as we all do and will forever, despite our best efforts, you'll be utterly destroyed. This will prevent you from taking accountability and being able to learn how not to do that thing again. Kind of short and sweet, but yeah, yeah, it's a lot.
0: Short and sweet uh, that literally gave me three days worth of notes. And every time I do this, (laughs) every time it's because I'm like, oh, this is big. This is, like, big as far the, as far as my personal philosophies and how I try to approach my point of view and thinking and, of course, my tirades against labels and, and all of those things that I've been doing for years. I get really, really excited, and then I sound like a complete idiot.
1: No, not all the
0: time. So I – don't placate <laughs> me. I get letters. So <laughs> –
1: but write a podcast at gmail.com if you think Boogie's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> Yay, we'll get actual letters. No, but this is such an important point of view because it it really is something that sums up a lot of our humanity. And there's good and bad for it. So I get because this this definition that was written by the poster um gets a little convoluted and goes in into one decor. I'm having a stroke, uh, direction. <laughs> Sorry, I literally just started going, <laughs> <laughs> literally going in what, <laughs> this is what you get for five bucks a month if you give a fuck, patreon.com slash perverted podcast.
1: Click, like, and subscribe. Jesus
0: fucking kill me, Christ. I wow. We will, we will get through this. How do I live up to what I want to believe I am and what others see me as while at the same time facing responsibility and getting better when I fuck up? So that's the general gist of what I took from, from this to explain it kind of in words that I understood. We get so wrapped up. In that title, and we're going to talk a lot about it, and I'll let you ramble in a second because I have to ramble a little bit to get this out of my system. For me, the goal is to be an entity on Earth that is a collection of behaviors and actions, but that I have a dominant will to have a majority of those actions be positive for not just myself, but others and the planet I live on whenever I try to identify myself as a good this or a bad this, I'm a good dominant, I'm a good daddy, I'm a good partner, I'm a good person, Uh, I hear it a lot, I'm a good parent, I'm a good this, whenever you categorize yourself in that good category, you now have to Keep that going in your mind and present that to the rest of the world. So when all of a sudden you fuck up, there is a real chance that you're going to be taken down socially because you're no longer the good person that you are you think you are. Does that make sense?
1: No, definitely. Because I, I think a lot of people try to – people need to realize that there's just not this – black and white of you're a good person, you're a bad person. You can't put people in categories. It's like you said that there you do the system of checks and balances where you do good things, you do bad things, and it's just sum total of you're a good person or a bad person. Nobody has a perfect life. Right. And it's just you just need to understand what the person is is a sum of all their experiences. There's people that do bad things, and they don't mean to do bad things, or they do bad things and they think they can get away with it, but overall, they think they're a great person. It's it's hanging on to that identity you put out into the world.
0: It's kind of that whole thing. It's like, why do we always grade ourselves on a curve? You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah yeah. It's like and you hear that. I've heard that from a lot of people that are like I'm a good this or I'm a good that. And I've done this because in your mind you're like oh well I do ten good things and I only do seven bad things. So, by the law of grading on a curve, I'm a good person. Right. And then I can kind of just go on my merry little life and just keep thinking I'm a good person while either denying or ignoring the fact that I have these seven other shitty behaviors that also need work. Because I've graded myself on this curve because I want this title. And that gets us into so much trouble. I've seen so many people, so many examples... Of people that just settle on that curve, and then they avoid doing any work.
1: Yeah, there. Are, but there are a lot of times. Most people care about their appearance to the world as a a good person. It's keeping that appearance. But there's even people that times they'll they say they didn't do something bad, but when they're confronted with the evidence of the bad thing, they may admit to, "Yeah, I did it," but they really won't admit to the intent they had behind it, or they'll excuse it. Well. I didn't mean for it. I didn't know, you know, but I'm, I'm a good person. I wouldn't do this bad thing. Well, you you
0: did it right. I thought, and, and that gets me to another one of my very note written convoluted points is that in a perfect world, we would be able to look at each other. I would be able to look at path girl as an entity of good behaviors and behaviors and, you know, this is you, I'm getting to know you, path girl. But we don't really live in a world that's very tolerant, or forgiving, or wants to go on a journey with each and every person. We're in a world that is path of least resistance. Our entire evolution is based on finding the quicker, easier way to solve a problem so we can get on to bigger and better problems. So we Live in a very self righteous world. So if you do something bad, then you're just cast out. Yeah. You're not in the tribe anymore because a lot of times people don't want to accept the fact that, oh, like we talk about on the show a lot, maybe it was ignorance. Maybe the intention wasn't really to be bad. They were just, you know, just kind of had a bad moment or whatever. And those are the things you do and the nuances of accountability and responsibility and trying to find a solution to changing that behavior. But there's an inspiration among all of us that if we are all of a sudden seen in bad, as bad, then we're not welcome anymore. Right. And I've had to deal with all this shit with people saying I'm bad, no proof of, of what I did bad, but you know, you're know yeah. you're now labeled bad. You're not welcome at any of these parties. You're not welcome in this dungeon. So there's a, uh, there is a real desire to deny when you do something bad because integrity is costly. I've stood up to bullies and become homeless over it. Yeah. So there is a cost for taking personal responsibility, and you have to remedy that within yourself. Do I want to be an, a, a person that strives to do good? Or do I want to just say I'm good?
1: Yeah. I mean, I did a little deep dive research on this into psychology, and there's a term that's called cognitive dissonance, when people mm-hmm. feel like they're they they they're good, but they do bad things. And the cognitive dissonance makes them ignore the behavior they can't tolerate with the inconsistency between their behavior and their beliefs. And like you said, there are some people that do bad things just to conform out of peer pressure. And you know this can relate to the lifestyle where it's like, You know, they want to be the best dom or they want to be the best submissive and do something that's against their beliefs just to fit in with the crowd. Or even on the flip side of that, you know, they may do bad things because they don't want to be excluded. Like, oh, everybody's doing this. Why aren't you doing it? And if you don't do it, you get excluded from it. There are some people that do bad things because they don't want rules imposed on them saying, well, you can't do this here. Well, guess what? I'm going to do it. Fuck you. Because, you know, personal freedom and all this stuff. But you kind of have to come back to your own set of core values and the people around you and your own set of core values can't supersede others to a certain extent. You know, you can have mutual respect for people and people may be so far on one side or the other that your personal beliefs and their personal beliefs are going to clash. But that's when it starts going into, you know, okay, we all got to play nice in the sandbox. So let's just try to figure out something together that we can mutually get along.
0: I agree. I I agree. It's just, it's very personal for me because course, yeah. I choose integrity and what, for whatever it's worth, for whatever it's worth. I always try to choose some sort of integrity for myself. I have all these weird little things that I won't accept and I won't do. And I suffer a lot because of those things. So the integrity sometimes isn't that tasty, you know, because it's like, look where I am and look where I'm constantly finding myself because I stand up for these, you know, what is good? What is bad? What am I trying to do? But that's just, I don't know, another thing you can just get really self-righteous about because the reality is, is I'm a toxic motherfucker right now and I have bad behaviors and I'm angry and I'm hateful and I'm opinionated and I'm self-righteous and I'm homicidal towards every fucking human on the face of the earth except the cute ones or, or the ones that don't piss me off. Um, and those are flaws that I have to say I'm not a good person right now. I don't even know if there's a curve. I know I have parts of boogie that have good intentions. I know there are parts of boogies where I exhibit behaviors, where I try to be considerate of people. And I try to, after the anger settles down, be compassionate and try to see the bigger picture. But I have a lot of things right now that are really bad and are really toxic, which is why I kind of just avoid relationships and social uh, social experiences. Because you have to take that responsibility
1: But at the same time, you have that line in your head and you have that self-awareness of, because you've even said it to me where it's just like, I'm not in a good headspace right now. I'm not a good person to be in a relationship right now. You have that self-awareness that you're not trying to go out there and go, hey, you know, let me go get in a relationship with a a guy or girl or whatever. It's just you have that sense of self-worth that I'm not in a good place and I shouldn't share this with anybody. So you have that. You have that awareness to have that line and hold it you're not going ahead and abusing somebody with it
0: but and and surely and so i call that a, a good thing i call that a exactly. i've worked i've worked hard i i have not always been aware of that consideration and the bdsm lifestyle really gave me a lot of tools How to be more considerate, how to look at the bigger picture, how to see the story under the story that just because this person says or does this doesn't necessarily. And that's through all the negotiation and communication and trying to figure out, you know, when a play scene goes this way or goes that way. You know, that's that's really one of my greatest takeaways from my experience in the kinky lifestyle is that I've been able to see all of these behaviors some of these yeah. behaviors, I came in here thinking I was pretty cool and smart. Yep. I I thought I was like I was the shit, you know? And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm I'm around and I'm hearing all these things and seeing all these things, and people are pointing out these behaviors and things that I've done and 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 or calling me on something a behavior and I'm like, uh <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? I'm not as
1: cool as I thought I was. Well, well, even when I started in the lifestyle, I mean, like, for, I'm always a hugger. I'm, You know, I meet somebody, I hug them. And just nobody even pointed it out to me, but I am just so used to, I meet you, we talk for a while, and I hug you. Being around people, and it's just like hearing somebody say, hey, can I hug you? That little bit of, I'm giving that person I'm with consent to say No. Because it doesn't happen that often, but once in a while, it's like no, no, thank you, I'm not a hugger, or whatever whatever their reasons is. Sure, sure. But it's just that that stop in my brain where it's like it's not okay to go around hugging everybody, even though that's my personal. I want to show affection to you, I want to show friendliness to you. Not everybody wants it, so just that. Yeah, nobody pointed it out to me, but just being around people, and like you said, being around people asking for consent in a lot of things that there may be things that it's like of course you could do this you know you have free consent to do that whenever but just being around that environment put that self-awareness in my head of you know what I probably should ask before the next time I hug somebody
0: Pathco I just want to say is kind of a side note to this I don't have a note written down but I want to make it a side note because I think mm-hmm. it's very important if we ever meet in a club and mm-hmm. you feel like hugging my cock <laughs> with your mouth, I just, I just want you to know that, um, you don't have to ask.
1: Oh, okay.
0: You just, just go, go, go ahead. You're giving giving blanket consent. Well, I'm giving you blanket. I mean, use your best judgment, you know, you know, if my cock's in another person's mouth, then please wait for her to finish and then, and then approach me.
2: There's no, any, I, yes, I, of course.
0: <laughs> it was getting all serious. I'm sorry. Um, I started thinking about you. Uh, but I think the why this is so important to me is because I want to empower people to drop the fucking good title and that you just take it situation by situation. I understand socially we need to be good or bad. We're either one way or the other. Because on the other sense, in something that was written in some of the comments, which is something I I cannot let go of without making this point, is how you approach people when they've done something wrong. And someone was talking about, if you see yourself – like, just like if you see yourself as good, you're going to ignore the bad and then just keep pretending – you know, that you're all good. In the same way, if you think you're all bad, then there's no hope. And you're not going to see any of your potential good or the good that you're actually doing. And we do that a lot. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. Why? Because we were programmed to think we were a piece of shit. And then our brain ran with it and said, yeah, this is the narrative. I go through this on a daily basis. The prisons are filled with people that did exactly as I did when I was a young person. And a number of people just kept telling us we were a piece of shit. And then finally, when I was a teenager, I remember very specifically, it was around 13, 14 years old. I got tired of hearing it. And I said, okay, you want to see a piece of shit? I'll show you a piece of shit. I got kicked out of every fucking school. I rebelled against every... Every, everything. And fortunately, the crimes that I committed were like little drug possessions and things like that. You know, there wasn't anything to land me in a lot of trouble other than constantly getting kicked out of schools. Yeah. But uh, that's how people then just, they give up. They give up. I'm just, I'm all bad. There's no good for me. There's nowhere for me to go. No matter what I do, you're always going to tell me I'm a piece of shit. So I might as well just be a piece of shit because there's nowhere to go. And I'm not saying everyone has a personal responsibility to suck up to people that hurt them. But it's something to consider that if you if somebody does something that isn't completely egregious, if it's a small thing, keep it a small thing if you hold them accountable to that allow for a place where people can grow and get better and have the opportunity to do good things. Because if we're constantly labeling people, you're bad because you said this or you did this or you believe this, you haven't done anything like really egregious, but you've done, you know, I don't like that we label them as bad and start telling everyone that they're bad. Like where do you go from that?
1: It's like the poster said, it's taking that accountability and being able to learn how not to do that thing again. There may be something that you step on someone's toes in the dungeon and lifestyle and consent and consent wise or whatever. And to you, it may be something so insignificant, but to that other person, it could be very insignificant. It could be very significant. And, You have to understand and respect their boundaries. And even though it's insignificant to you, you can make a step forward saying, look, if it were me, I wouldn't do this. But I respect your boundary and I'm going to keep it. And all you can do is
0: learn from it. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Enigma, we will be talking about breaking people today. Oh
3: yes, I very, I, I very much like to break people, make them cry, ha ha ha. Ha ha!
0: Decrefilia. Why have one bad Russian accent when you can have two, Enigma? And it's not even Russian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what the hell was it? I don't, I don't even. I, I tended like I have this vaguely Eastern European. Um, accent that just kind of fluctuates all around, like Eastern Europe, Russia area. Um, so it's the- a
0: traveling accent.
3: Yes, exactly.
0: It's like a try to figure me out. It's like being cool. It's like a man of the world accent, which is another another word for we're not good at accents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Perfect. I'm good with
3: them. I just I just need practice with it. I, I, I don't I don't do that.
0: That's great. I wanted to do <laughs> a bit. Uh, I wanted to do, like, the the Russian Easter Bunny for a long time. I am a Russian Easter Bunny. Fuck you. <laughs> like, it's this, this pissed off fucking Russian Easter Bunny. Fucking why do children pull my ears? Fuck you. I kill you. I cut your fucking heart out. I am a Russian Easter Bunny. But then I realized I can't really do a Russian accent, so it made it less funny. But one I day... Mean,
3: it's still pretty funny, like in Sofia, Russia. Easter Bunny finds you. Like it,
0: it, 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 it still work. Look at that! You are already writing. This is great. <laughs> I got to win the lottery so we can just sit there and write sketches again. I miss doing sketches.
3: Yeah, I I, I lament about that regularly, especially like post COVID. Uh, there's a, there's not a lot of like. Sketch group improv anything like any sort of like group comedy thing just like isn't really a thing any yet like it's slowly coming back but it's it's nothing like it was before
0: well I used to have the whole you weren't around at the time but I had like the whole perverted circus little group. And mm-hmm. I had it one time, I always had a, like 10, 15 people that were like, yeah, we'll be in your dumb video. And we made all these dorky BDSM videos, which are all like on old Count Boogie YouTube channel and uh, perverted podcast, some of them. But the old ones are all on the Count Boogie. Perver- it was fun. I fucking miss it. We should fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do sketch. Let's go back to sketch. Let's do Kinky. That's it. I'm committing right now if you'll do it.
3: I mean, I can't be on camera, but I can do voiceover.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why we haven't done this. We've had this discussion before. <laughs> shit! I got all excited. Well, I, like, I mean, like, yeah, fucking Enigma can act. Let's do this. Why haven't we done this shit? Oh, yeah, that's right. I can be like
3: God Voice. I can be like the God Voice speaking to Count Boogie <sighs> and...
0: Great, so I'm there, the the ugliest guy in the fucking room on camera by himself, and then the voice of Enigma God. No, it just it if, mm-hmm. if I win the lottery, dude, you better fucking handle your fucking outness.
3: Hey, just if remember you're, if, that if you're paying, if you hire me for a gig, that, that that's my out.
0: Okay, all right, that's fine. Yeah. Your yeah. mom, I had to eat her pussy on camera because it's a job. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's my job, and I don't want to get fired. You told you guys raised me to be a good employee, hard work. You know, yeah, rent was so, due. Come on, yeah, fucking get her done. All that, whatever, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start to our segment, Enigma.
3: It's good. It's great. It's 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 the chaos that the audience expects. That's
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's just let's just leave it at that. So, anything fun going on with you before we get into our topic?
3: Um, I did have some surprise shenanigans um, at the beginning of this week. Um, like I was just hanging out, and a friend texted and was like, "Hey, I need I need help uh, uh, get like they they bought something off of Craigslist and needed you know needed company, and okay. um, and then afterward, um, we'll just say that they thanked me
0: with their mouth.
3: And, and and other parts, it was it was very, <sighs> it was very primally and a little little switch fighty. It was it was great. It, it was lots naked bodies rubbing against. The, it was it was delightful.
0: Wow, that's good. Some spanky mm-hmm. time.
3: Mm-hmm. A little spanky, little little bitey, gropey all all, all, all all the all the greatest hits.
0: Rip and tear the mm-hmm. human fleshes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I, I liked it, too. <laughs> Bravo and fuck you in the same breath. I I
3: completely understand.
0: Well, that's good, Enigma.
3: Thank you. And Thank you.
0: I'm now approaching a year mm-hmm. since I've stuck my dick in something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, in my entire adult life, have never gone this long. So I'm starting to work out more, losing some weight, trying Very to good. get my shit Very together. Good. Cause I'll just, I mean, I could just rent a Airbnb. You know, that's what I did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I really have to start. Uh, if OK Cupid didn't suck so bad, by the way, any man alive out there, please, please, do not waste your fucking money on OK Cupid. <laughs> do oh, I've n- not I never paid for it? No. Do n- it was the worst fucking fucking path girl's like yeah i've done okay on okcupid i've and and for one brief moment before i handed them 150 dollars, i was like oh yeah she has tits and a vagina she's she's gonna do good anywhere she goes online mm-hmm. so yeah it was a dis-, dis dismal it's just set up to be so horrible so horrible for i mean even if you do all the right things and Write nice letters and it's just an awful, just the ratio is like a thousand to one. It's horrible. I mean, Um, I'm,
3: I'm on there and I like interact mostly out of boredom, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything from it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad, especially the pay. The pay, And they do that whole rope you in thing where mm-hmm. it's like the first thing that happens is all of a sudden you join. Tinder does this, too. It's not just OkCupid. They all do this. They don't let you see who likes you. But then they say, oh, look, eight people like you. You want to find out who likes you, right? You lonely, pathetic piece of fucking shit. You should pay us and then we'll show you who likes you. And, you know, even as you're putting in your credit card information, you already know. It's gonna be six people that are looking for a green card from other fucking weird countries or, and or then the porn, other two the yeah the other two are going to be prostitutes or porn fishing and uh, and then there's your likes and that's the only thing you've ever seen for 150 bucks. There I finally was able to justify because I have 150 dollars worth of hate to get out <laughs> until it's valuable to me. So mm-hmm. this was episode one, fuck OK Cupid. And mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, we'll build up. Maybe in another month I'll go on my second tirade. But what's really cool about today, mm-hmm. now that we're, we've gone into three different topics from Russian Easter bunnies to kink and uh, shenanigans, sketch comedy. But now let's get into an actual segment. Okay. So um, I was on the Reddits. And I'm just... I like have to start doing... I'm working on Reddit jingles now because I'm realizing that Reddit is just such... Especially for newer players. So like our Perverted Podcast listeners that are a little newer to the game and haven't been in the lifestyle for a long time or don't have a home dungeon where they can go and just learn, 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 learn week in and week out. Reddit is really good for those initial questions that can be actually very impacting in a negative way to you if you don't have information for that. And so I love going on Reddit. And today was no different because this was a something that you and I, I'm sure, have heard multiple times. And I'll paraphrase the the question that was asked. It's like BDSM advice or something. It's a really good Reddit. I, she's like 27. The Dom is 32. She's new. Uh, to being submissive, they'd met a few times. They had some sessions. It was quite enlightening for her. And then she's like, you know, being new, I have a lot of limits. You know, I have some limits, and those things make me uncomfortable. And she's like, well, you know, maybe I like them. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. She's she has limits, mm-hmm. and her dom often talks about breaking her someday. Yeah. And she doesn't understand what that even means. She's like, I don't understand what that phrase actually means. Is it ethical, feasible? You know, is that going to change me somehow? And she's like, it sounds kind of hot, but it also scares me because, you know, breaking my mind, you know, means going beyond my boundaries and safe words and things like, you know, how can someone break me? Right. And I was like, so glad that that person reached out to the group yeah, because there was a lot of wonderful advice and I put some thoughts up there. And it is really... First, before you and I even dig into this, because there's a lot in this, mm-hmm. it is so important if you are new... I mean, it's important no matter what. The Your process of learning is so important. But if you are new to be brave and to ask questions. Yeah. Asking questions can save, literally save your ass because you're caught up in that emotion and that eroticism and you've come in with these ideas and maybe it's very cinematic and movie like, and then you get these things that you're like, huh? Well, that doesn't sound like the movie, but it kind of does. But Oh, and, and then somebody can easily manipulate you into being in a situation that's actually going to cause you great harm. So right. it's really important. I'm really proud of this person for just reaching out and saying, what is this? So I'll go ahead and let you start. Cause of course, 10 pages of notes, that's me. <laughs> so you go ahead and start with, with your take on this.
3: Yeah. Um, and I, I agree. Like, I think there, there's definitely some hesitancy, especially if you're a newer player, to, to question the DOM, like the, the, like they said, that they, they're kind of new and they're exploring new things with the DOM and all that s- sort of thing. So I I can understand the hesitancy and I've, I've definitely had that uh, in kind of like questioning decisions from either a DOM or a sub in either direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, this is a th- th- this is a pretty, you know, this can, can be a pretty intense um, dynamic, pretty intense community that we're a part of. So asking b- being able to ask those questions or pushing yourself to ask those questions is is definitely something that's going to help people in the long run. Um, and I think if if, they, if this does get back to to or like and to anybody who maybe has kind of questions about certain things that their DOM is doing, they should definitely, try to if they're working with a therapist do that or just work on themselves and figure out a way to to ask those questions in a way that that will help kind of clarify and make them feel more feel safe um by but, but they the other side of things is um and you know it's the the cynical side of me is um this 32m dom is just acting like a big bad domly dom and like is using big words like break and I'm going to I'm going to destroy you and all that situation which I, I have used but it, I've used it with subs that I that we've talked to and and that we've negotiated and like you know breaking what does what does breaking mean what does like mm-hmm. does it mean crying does it mean rolling into a ball as in in a fit and like getting away from me but that's still part of the scene like like it, it, what what does breaking mean um is is very important and if this dom has not clarified that at all with their with their partner with their submissive then all they're doing is is in a way all they're doing is kind of traumatizing their their bottom sure and and making making it harder for them to ask questions if they are if the dom is coming at this from a big bad domly dom perspective and and wanting t- and, and saying things like i'm going to destroy you and not saying what that means like you're you're just you're just being an asshole and it's not it's it's not a healthy way to have a dynamic it's not a healthy healthy way to be, have a
0: relationship i absolutely agree and i think as with so many things that this idea and i think you you talked a good amount about What breaking is because there can be cathartic breaking where it's not necessarily meant to like psychologically damage you it's like maybe you're going into something and you need a cathartic release and you have all this tension in your life built up and so you get a really hard spanking and that kind of breaks down your defenses and then like you said you're you know you can you can cry or you can you can have that release once again all of these things with that communication to understand what are we going to do and what are our goals? I think there's a spectrum in anything you do. The first answer I would say, you know, when she says, will being broken change me? Yes, absolutely. It will change you. Every experience you have in life will change you. The more extreme that experience, the more likely that the change will be significant. When you start playing with your headspace and your sexuality, and your ability to go through pain and suffering at the same time, yes, that is going to change you. You mm-hmm. are going to have to look at yourself as a person and see what am I breaking? You know, yeah. is this my ego that's being broken? Is it, I mean, there can be a lot of healthy things that you need to break down. It doesn't, breaking doesn't necessarily mean bad. Like, say, if your goal. Is to face a fear, like say with Mew, uh, with needles. You know mm-hmm. that she had a she had a personal limit, and then she said, "Fuck no, no needles. I can't do needles." But at the same time, she knew I need to get over this. Because I need to be broken of this fear because I have to go to fucking med school. So that's something that's going to be happening. In that case, where it's something that it's like a real fear, or you have some sort of agoraphobia or a fear of something that's creating obstacles in your life, and you want to get through that, then of course... Under the right circumstances, with the right amount of communication and a plan, and somebody who you know is going to be responsible with taking care of you, absolutely breaking that is fucking awesome. And it can be really, really empowering. When we broke the needles in Mew, it changed her life. Mm -hmm. Because it took away a fear that she had always had. Her whole family still has it. You yeah. know and now she she's been helping them over the years deal with their needle fears. So in that sense breaking that fear is good. If your desire in this lifestyle is that you want to have your entire persona stripped down to its most bare form mm-hmm. and have yourself be trained and become exactly what your dominant wants of you. To where all your fears, your egos, all that shit, you want all that broken. Sure. That yeah. is there are some people that do that. That is a very, very extreme path to take.
3: Very because
0: much. Because so, yeah. you are you are literally letting somebody take the reins on your life and if this is somebody that you don't know very well and you don't know what their intention is you could be fucked really really easily Mm -hmm. you could be permanently damaged but once again that is still acceptable but going back to like what you said Enigma if the goal is because well I don't like what your limits are so I'm just going to act like a big domly Dom and try to shame you or gaslight you or tell you that your limits are, oh that's cute you know yeah everyone's afraid of that when they're in the when they're new and you you start doing that type of shit the level of doucheness like you're just <laughs> filling that douche tanker you yeah. know to where you are literally because that's fucked up mm-hmm. because you deserve every limit that you have you, there's there's no goal in 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 kink, to to always become the hardest and the most extreme, right? You don't have to be broken of anything. You can come in here and just be like, I like spanking, and uh, you know a little bit of flogging, or I just like the role play. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's breaking you down and belittling that, that's that's the douche level
3: yeah and like, and, like you said, like you can do lighter versions like i'm gonna break you, and by break you, I mean I'm gonna flog you for a little bit, and you're gonna and you're gonna maybe maybe safer it out but like or there's the like you said the other end where it's like you are you i am breaking you into a moldable puddle of whatever like but that's something that needs to be communicated if there's any sort of confusion, and that's something that needs to be coming from the Dom too, they need to be. Making sure that the that the sub in the situation understands what they mean by by d- uh, destroy by breaking like it, it's not just on the sub to clarify what's being done to them. It's also on the dom to clarify what their intentions are.
0: Yeah to let them know this is what's going to be at the end of that this mm-hmm. or even this is why. Mm-hmm. Like say you're with somebody that's a very experienced dominant and they're used to being in that specific type of dynamic where they take somebody and mold them. And I've known some very extreme dominance that people think are fucking assholes, but they're very thorough. They're very methodical. And there's an end game to that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break you of all these things because I've spent and they've spent months with these submissives. And found out all about them and found out about their headspace and their fears and their insecurities. And then they made in their dominant plan how I'm going to get you past that. At the end, there was more strength for the submissive waiting. The road to there was fucking hell. Right. But they were very forward about this is what's ahead of you. Do you want to take this journey? So I don't have a problem with that. But if you don't have somebody that's responsible enough to go the full distance with you on a journey like that, then you're going to all of a sudden at some point be abandoned in the middle of a broken ego. Yeah. And and who's going to who's how are you going to fix that? This is real shit. This is this is stuff that can really just shut you down for decades. Mm hmm if not permanent. So, so where I get excited about the, like you said, you know, the role play of, Oh, I'm going to break you and I'm going to push you to, you know, yellow out or, you know, red out or, you know, and that we're going to go for that where it is super sexy and hot. There really is some risk. (laughs) I think it goes without saying, but maybe Mm -hmm. we need to continually say it. This is a high risk activity.
3: Yeah. It can very easily be edge play. It might be psychological edge play, but it's very, very much edge play. Especially if, like, uh, like with Mew, if like you're playing with hard limits, if you're playing with trauma, to, in, yeah. in order, in order to do the breaking, like that's something that needs to be discussed. Like that needs to be that that that, that can't be like sprung on anybody.
0: Yeah, that was a lifelong phobia, mm-hmm. and it took and it took a couple months. Yeah, it took a couple months, and then the maintenance after that took uh, took years mm-hmm. until she was finally able. She still doesn't like them. right? She's still not a fan of them, but she, she's literally you know almost in her fourth year of fucking med school. So the the goal was achieved. The breaking occurred, and then the goal was achieved. But that was a long journey. This has been over almost eight years. Yeah. You know, that that's still that that's still a part. And if you're not down for however long and as the dominant, it sounds real sexy to break someone. It sounds real sexy to be like, yes, they gave themselves to me. But if you're not down for all the ugly, because there's always going to be ugly. If you're not down for that, then you're just reading comic books. You're literally, these are long-term things, you know, Mm -hmm. in a role play, like you talked about, you know, yeah, it's just a, you know, a fun, a fun evening or a couple of sections. And then, you know, a few days of aftercare and, oh, that was, that was, that was sexy. Right. But if you're going to go for some real shit, that's a long haul project. Mm -hmm. And if you're not down for that, then you're going to do damage to someone. Yeah. And you got to be careful. So in the same way, I have to also say as whatever your boundaries are, limits, you know, we talk about that ad nauseum on the show, whatever your limits are, you deserve to have any limit you have without shame, judgment or gaslighting in the same breath. I'm going to tell the submissives in the same breath. It is valid if your dom chooses to find someone that plays with them the way they want to play. Oh, yeah and you should feel no guilt about that because you get to have the integrity to follow your own limits and your limits are valid but in the same way not everyone's a match yeah and the dominant deserves to say hopefully in a courteous <laughs> and responsible non-dushy way, way. Yeah, in a yeah. non douchey way hey you know what and i've said it before to people and people have said it before to me
2: mhm
0: we're not a match these are the types of things that I want to do, and and uh, and you are on this, and I totally respect that. But let's just let's just be friends. Yeah. I've said that to a number of people, and I like playing, you know, in different ways with different people. But there are people that you're just like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm interested in.
3: Yeah, and and like, that's okay. i the, 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 the dynamic might be different. Uh, like you may not be able to play with certain people certain ways. Like I have partners where like I just do kink play. there's nothing romantic. And then there's people like like this weekend who it's like there was a little bit of kink, but there's a there's a bit of sex too. It's just it that the if you're not into the same things, if you're not into the if you're not matching the dynamic, like it's like it's okay. it might it, it might suck. But right. it's 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 gonna be okay, and you never know. Maybe a- after a year or two, you get more experience as a sub, and maybe you're able to come back together. But like, um, y- if if it doesn't work, that's not a bad thing. That means it, it it gives you both the freedom to like be open to finding healthier and and better connections.
0: Yeah, and you said something when you said you know come back in a year. I don't want. This is okay. I'm going to say it. It's going to be messy, but I'm going to say it. Okay. Oftentimes, once again, not belittling anyone's limits, not saying that you know, we all understand that. That's what Boogie is Mm -hmm. saying. Everyone deserves their limit. No shame or gaslighting. But yes, it is true. When a lot of people come in, especially on the bottom end, on the on the submissive end, there are a lot of things that you're like absolutely not. No way. Fuck off. Never going to do that. And then, literally, six months into the lifestyle, they're now your favorite thing, or a couple years into the lifestyle. So, but that doesn't mean that your dominant should plan for that. Right there is an evolution and yes you may want to do some more extreme things especially if you're in a community where you're going to parties and you see other people doing things and then you're like oh I never thought about that way there's a lot of connection there so yes new people there are things that you may get more hardcore with as time goes on you may not but the dominant should never expect that you're going to be increasing your level of kink Right. For sure. This was some solid shit, man. Yeah, we got deep there. We got fucking down. Mm-hmm. Be better if we could do some sketch comedy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or some sketchy, sexy stuff.
0: How much do I have to pay you for you be able to tell your mom you're going to eat pussy on camera? Mm. Um, 60K a year with benefits? <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to be practical
3: i mean yeah yeah i mean i, I was gonna say a car payment but uh um... <laughs> oh shit god damn it
0: i over <laughs> negotiated too quick
3: but i'll take 60k a year sure
0: uh, okay fine so I, I bought my ticket you know we'll see we'll <laughs> see if, if if uh the next show we come on we're both like he 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 well then you know mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be good enigma fun segment how do the kids get a hold of us if they need to
3: well if anybody would like to find us on the interwebs they can find us on instagram at perverted podcast they can find us on twitter at perverted pcast and they can find us on fetlife there's both a group and a page
0: just search perverted podcast conundrums in my brain i masturbate just like a rocket i do believe indubitably this makes a good host topic (laughs) so bath girl interesting situation at uh, the library a couple days ago. And I informed you of right. uh, what happened. And I don't know. I just thought I needed to talk about this and I didn't want to talk about in potato mayhem. Cause I kind of want it to be its own thing. Cause I'd like to focus on you getting laid in potato mayhem. <laughs> Cause that, I think excites the listeners more. It surely does me. I was, uh, we basically chased away a creeper at the library Right. The, the other day so I'm walking up to the library I, I'm in my car and I'm like ah the parking lot's really full and then sometimes they have events and there's like kind of an auditorium and a lot of people go to the auditorium so it doesn't mean that the library is going to be packed it's just and and sure enough I look out, and it's just all these little kids. And you know oh. how much I fucking love kids. You love kids. <clears throat> Fuck off. And so, <laughs> but not like, I mean, like little, little, like three, three, four years old. Like couldn't yeah. be more than that. Little, little kids. And they're everywhere. Like little fucking cancers walking <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> to go and <laughs> <fetch> somebody's <laughs> life. I'm just kidding They're not that horrible They are kind of horrible It's, uh, whatever So, so I'm like, ah So I know I have to navigate this sea of fucking parents and their kids And all the dumb talk
2: And And the kid's like
0: And you're like, ah, oh, fucking Jesus Fucking pollution Christ And I'm just trying to make it to the door of the library, right? I have some issues, whatever um, okay. that's why I have a vasectomy. No more pollution. But
1: you're responsible, yes.
0: I am responsible. No baby boogies. God, could you imagine? Oh, God, help us. The know. fucking
1: monster the of child the
0: of, distra- <laughs> like, every Rosemary baby, Rosemary's baby, it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> I can literally. Insert
1: dramatic, like, chorus music here.
0: Jesus Christ, the Stranger Things creature that would fucking come out of somebody's fucking snatch that has my seat in it for the love of oh, fucking... So anyway, so I'm walking through this seat and there's two paths that go to the main door of the library and then there's like this cement fountain thing that's only like 10, 12 feet in in, you know, from the front door. And so they kind of, both these things have to pass this fountain and as I'm walking by and there's just kids everywhere and whatever, I hear this mom going, you're actually watching porn right here? Yeah. And I'm like, what? And I turn around and some mom with her like little teeny kid is, uh, filming this guy and he's there and he's all creepy looking like this little guy. And he's like, obviously fucking homeless daycare, you know, participant. And, uh, And he's looking scared and uncomfortable. And she's like, you can't watch that here. There's fucking children all over the place. Blah, 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 blah. You need to get out of here. And the guy's like, you know, and so apparently he's sitting there with his laptop as the sea of little children are walking by. And he's watching porn on this laptop, which is pretty red flaggy you know which we're going to get into that you at the library you are allowed to watch porn is you know but you would think we're going to talk about that so um so I follow him to his car and he's all freaking out and nervous and uh and then he gets in his car and I go up and I take pictures of his license plate in case of whatever and the right. lady goes in and she meets me coming back out she's all did you get his license and I go yeah I got his license and uh and she's all they said it's freedom of speech and they can't do yeah. anything about it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: So I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, now, this is me. Remember, I'm a pervert and, and, and perverted podcast in seven years. and But also, I am freedom of speech and and whatever. But it's like, but this is like directly in the pathway of... Of little children, as far as a red flag that because that's one thing that a lot of child predators do is they try to get a reaction because now they oh, forced yeah. kids to look at fucking porn, and that is definitely there's a probably an eighty to ninety percent chance that he's just not a dumb guy going oh he's going to sit and watch porn you know, um so it is creepy but it it uh, it is covered under freedom of speech unless he did something, the laws say now then people could go kick his ass or scare him off, which we did Right. but as far as the legality it is freedom of speech to watch porn and there's so legally there is no recourse and no action if he would have touched somebody or exposed himself then that adds to it and, and it becomes a bigger case, and, and the, the guy's gonna probably do a lot of time for that. But as far as the library's position, and they've gone through lots of this kind of shit because it's homeless daycare and we're all crazy there. Um, so they've dealt with this and they know, and she was so shocked, and I was I honestly thought that was not cool, that was not acceptable. And so it became a thing, and I went in and I talked to the the person at the desk, and I know her. We've taught, we've taught, and she's real. This one, this uh, one librarian's like really smart and has dealt with a lot of shit. So she's got a very stoic, not give a f- you know. I'm not taking shit. And she said, and she had a look on her. She was like very cringed, and she's all, it's cringy. We can't do anything about it because people are allowed to watch violence. In the library. People are allowed to watch. Conspiracy theories. You're allowed to watch. Um, a KKK. Rally video. You're allowed to watch all these things. So what. And I'm like yeah. But it's sexuality. And they're all. So people getting murdered. Is not as. as wor- is not as bad as. As sex. And so there is things. That I understood intellectually but I really struggled with the time and place for everything so it really comes down to just because something is legally acceptable it doesn't mean it's ethical
1: right and and your moral standards of I'm not going to watch porn around kids because you have that moral in your head, whereas some people are just so oblivious to the people around them, whether they choose to do it or they do it as a predatory nature. Me growing up in New York, I mean, this was pre-internet days, but like you could check out pretty much any book you wanted from the library and people argue, well, that book shouldn't be there because it's pornographic or it's explicit or whatever. But going back, even I did some research online, and especially in New York and California, where they seem to be hotbeds of First Amendment rights and what have you, that everything on the internet, in a library, except for stuff with, obviously, child pornography, sure, sure. everything is legal. And yeah. there's nothing illegal for a guy to sit down in a library, open up a browser, and watch porn. Now, the libraries themselves, like you said, have taken actions to some of them move the computers off like against the wall. They have these little sliders that come out so people can kind of block their side view. But at the same time, people can go there and consume whatever they want the library because it's public Internet.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're like people argue all the time with school libraries and, oh, well, they took this book out and took that book out and whatever. That That is – Decided by the school board, so they have more autonomy on something like that than a public library would. So, if they pull out uh, Mark Twain because it has a lot of a lot of racial stuff in it, then I, I mean, y- you can debate it and whatever. But the school has the authority to pull whatever books they can um, or want to. So you can't really argue as much. I mean, you can argue. That they're pulling out all of these things and then making our kids read this and that. But they're not in school all day. They can go to a public library. And that's why it's so important to allow people that freedom of speech. Even though it sounds so cringy and wrong. Yeah, it, it sounds it, wrong. It is so
1: cringy. And it's just, you would hope that if someone were, you know, people that are homeless, people that don't have internet, you know, can't afford internet or whatever... You would hope that male or female, if they wanted to go watch porn, you would hope that they would go to a corner of the library, turn the computer around, kind of keep an eye on who's around them, put on headphones, instead of, like you said, somebody who either just doesn't give a fuck and puts it on full blast... Or does it for predatory, where some kids get to walk up and go, "Oh, what's that?" And ah, there's their right, entrance yeah, for, yeah. "Oh, that's a penis going into a vagina." You have a penis, which can I see it? You know, whatever, whatever it right. may
2: be. It's
1: it's not the library's job to police what the patrons do, and it's a slippery slope where fine, you can't watch pornography, but then you can't watch this National Geographic special where women, you know, in some. Far off tribe have their boobs exposed because it's easier to breastfeed. And right. then it starts going down, like you said, to books and magazines. And, you know, the library is there to be a place of knowledge. And some people will take that knowledge and go, oh, that's pornography. Ugh, I don't want to watch it. And some people will go, oh, that's pornography. Yeah, it's hot, but it's not reality.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm still, re- I got to be honest, I'm still wrestling with it because. I intellectually understand that you can't interrupt freedom of speech because then it just, because that's what everyone's trying to do. We're trying to say, you can't say this word. You can't, you have to say this word. Everyone's trying to indoctrinate other people with the speech that they, and you're not allowed to say words now. And that is where you start to get in real trouble because who gets to decide that? If you're not free to say everything, Then that means somebody gets to decide this word. And what happens when they take your word? Like now you have people that are like trying. And I've said this on the show before. There are people who are trying to get uh, saying something's lame. They're like, ah, that's lame. They're trying to call that like the L word now. Yeah. Because it's uh, offensive to some people that are not able bodied. Right. Right. Like, you're not supposed to call people crazy. You're not supposed to be like, that's crazy. Because now, you, you know, you're you're insulting Count Boogie. No, you're not. I'm fucking crazy, you dumb bitch. Yeah. Now you're people with mental illness. So it's like there's no end to it.
1: Yeah. And, I, and I've seen it firsthand. I mean, people of my generation, when we were growing up. Everybody called of each other's retards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, stop acting retarded. Fast forward to, I'm now the parent of a special needs, highly functioning autistic child. And there's times I've said to him, stop acting retarded. And I catch myself going, <laughs> okay, I know he's acting like an idiot teenager. But at the same time, I'm telling a person who I know has issues with processing orders and what have you to stop being a retard. To an outside person, you'd be like, oh my God, she called her son retarded. And it's just like, no, that's just the way I grew up. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a word. It's just a word. You're giving so much power to a word. And wh- like you said, who makes the decision on what word is good or bad? Who makes the decision on what content is good and what content is bad? I know that at my job, I can't go onto certain websites because the business has deemed them to be inappropriate. But if I want to, I go on my own personal phone or I go to a library and ta da, I could watch it. The library's not there to judge they're there to educate and unfortunately some people just don't have the mindset of you know this is kind of cringy for people i'm just gonna go in a corner and then be done with it and leave they just want to be explicit about it and say fuck you it's my first right amendment
0: yeah and i i've never i've you're not allowed to have audio you have to wear headphones right they will they will you have you, i mean but that's With anything, you have to wear headphones in the library. We can't... Nobody wants to hear your fucking pottery fucking YouTube (laughs) channel. Fucking bullshit. Um.
1: (sighs) I understand your struggle, though, because especially that you're a responsible kinkster. You understand about consent. You understand about decency and things... Especially stuff around children, because I know that's a very big hot button for you. And I understand as a parent that complete outrage of you're watching porn where my child can see it
0: yeah I don't think and and once again that's where it gets to that personal responsibility for the family you're not going to be able to get somebody thrown in jail for watching porn uh, where your kids because the, the librarians like you have the ability to move exactly you have the ability to not look You have the ability to take your child and walk them somewhere else legally. But should you confront? Fuck yeah. That fucking mom went off on him, scared the shit out of him. I followed him, scared the shit out of him. He probably won't be back to the fucking library. I think that type of idiocy should be confronted. But I guess in the protection of the First Amendment... You're not going to get... Unless there's touching or... Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And so I praised the mom and we exchanged numbers and I sent her the pictures and I thanked her for advocating for her kid and that I agreed with her that that was unacceptable behavior, whether it was legally allowed or not. And uh, and we left it at that. And uh, freedom isn't always... Convenient or comfortable. Yeah. And that's what I'm struggling with right now. And I have to accept that. If you stop it because you know in your head that probably was wrong. But if you stop everyone from being able to explore their free speech, the people that don't sit on an island in front of a fucking sea of children, the people in the library that are being responsible, that if they look at some titties, that they make sure people are like you said that everyone shouldn't be punished because some piece of shit and all of our rights taken away which then dominoes into other freedoms that are taken away (sighs) wow did we just really have a free speech segment
1: yes but I understand why it bothered you so much and it's just I can understand that internal struggle of but they're boobs but you shouldn't be watching him at the library and you, you know you you did the right thing but for that child and for that parent but it could be a very slippery slope and it's just you know the libraries are just basically like do what you want I'm not
0: here to police you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well that was fun <laughs> that was fun nothing Burt. like making everyone squirm <laughs> podcast at gmail.com please join in on this conversation we want to talk about this more. That's why we have perverted Podcast at gmail.com. Is so we can continue these conversations and get what your opinions on this are.
2: Yeah!
1: Yeah! Yeah!
0: <laughs> do <try> to...
1: <laughs> oh, yeah! Just don't just be careful, collaborate. <laughs> And that is the end of show 368. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, comments, or topics you would love for us to cover, please remember to email us at pervertedpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, there is both a page and a group for the show. You can support us for free by hitting the like and subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. It really does help get the podcast out there to other kinksters to find us. And if you'd like to do a little more to support us, visit Patreon dot com forward slash perverted podcast with our five bucks if you give a fuck level you get the podcast a few days early as well as a few other benefits and even if you can't commit to that level for whatever reason you can always just send us something as a one-time thank you a lot of people don't realize that and as always love and smushy kisses to all of our patrons around the world your support means the world to us
0: Yes, Path Girl, it's been an absolutely wonderful show. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. Thank you to all of our fine listeners that do support us, that do care about us, that do click the like button that's sitting in front of them if it's sitting in front of them. Thank you so much for doing that. And everyone else, I hope you have some sort of adventure in this next couple weeks before we can get back here and start talking about all the fun stuff. We'll see you on the next trip. (laughs)
2: This is the world's most brutally honest Christmas song, and it will solve the mystery about what a man truly wants for Christmas. This present sucks, always the same old gift, either a butt, ugly tie, or a shirt that won't fit. I'm a working man, I have simple needs, at Christmas time I want a woman who will get on her knees. So listen up, St. Nick, you can keep the fruitcake. Cause all I want for Christmas. Santa, please get me laid. I need a special place to plant my Christmas tree. A nice warm stocking, if you know what I mean. She can be skinny or fat, I'll even let you choose. I'm so damn desperate, I don't care if she is missing a tooth. Pretty please, Kris Kringle. My sanity's at stake. Cause all I want for Christmas. Santa, please get me laid. We don't care if we sound snooty. All men want is the Christmas booty. Yeah. So now I'm sitting here and it's Christmas morn. But there's no girl in my bed. Just hand lotion and porn. The hell did I do wrong? I didn't ask you for gold. All I asked. Or was a frisky little ho-ho-ho? You let me down, Mr. Claus, and I will never be the same. I'm gonna forget about Christmas, cause Santa won't get me laid. All I want is a Christmas bootie. All I want is a Christmas bootie now. Big dumb fat Santa.